just to show again how closely tied and related we are with the FLDS, the mainstream LDS and the FLDS. I always call them cousins. I feel like that's pretty good representation. But John Woolley, the first prophet of the FLDS church, was actually the uncle of Spencer W. Kimball, who later became a prophet in the mainstream LDS church as well. So he was his uncle. He was his uncle. Uh, also, fun fact, uh, John Woolley received his patriarchal blessing by Joseph Smith's father, Joseph Smith Sr. Yeah, when he was eight. Very close ties to the church. And in the end, John Woolley became the prophet because he had a cooler beard and some people thought he was Santa Claus. So, no, that's not facts. But he did have a cool beard, check it out. <laughs>Welcome back everyone, my name is Sam. And I'm Melissa. I grew up in the FLDS community. It is a polygamous group run by Warren Jeffs and I moved out when I was 18 years old. I was raised LDS, Sam and I have been married for nine years and have two awesome kiddos. Yes we do. If you are interested in just listening in today, we do have our podcast available and please don't forget to like and subscribe. Also, if you are from a polygamous background and would like to share your story, please feel free to reach out at growingupinpolygamy at gmail.com. We also have our holiday fundraiser going on right now. We are trying to adopt a room at the Short Creek Dream Center where we can renovate a room uh, for people who are leaving polygamous communities, especially the FLDS, find a place of refuge there in one of Warren Jeff's old homes. Yes, it's a great cause. We really like what they're doing there. It really has been a huge source of help for those leaving the FLDS community and having nowhere to go. So Yes, and we already have over half of it. Yes, by so, a long shot. So thank, thank, you thank you all so all. much. Thank you all so much for your donations. <laughs> Today we are excited to talk about polygamous prophets and the lineage of the prophets and the breakoff because we've been reviewing a lot of videos lately and there's been a lot of talk about which prophets, which fundamental prophets actually practiced polygamy. I think growing up LDS, it was very common and we kind of saw as well in recent videos that we've reviewed talking about, you know, oh, well, Joseph Smith, Brigham Young practiced polygamy and then we kind of got rid of it and these offshoots, these crazy FLDS people over here, like, there they, right? yeah, them, them continuing it and it was kind of a one-off thing and so we were like, you know what, we should really show which prophets the founding prophets, which ones practiced polygamy, how long, how, it, how, long, yeah. how long it actually went on for, and then where the breakoff happened and the continued prophets to practice polygamy within the FLDS. Right. It's, it's known for some reason, well, I guess it depends on who you ask, but for members of the mainstream LDS church, the vibe is that we are the non-polygamists and the FLDS, those people over there, are the ones that practice polygamy. And a lot of people don't even want to admit that even the first prophets of the church practiced polygamy. And so we've done a lot of research and obviously I have a lot of experience within the FLDS church. A lot of documentation there, a lot of people and sources that I've been able to talk with that have factual information on this. Mm -hmm. And so we're excited to share some facts. Yeah. And we're basically just going to start at the beginning. Again, we're not going to go into in this video the whys, why they practice polygamy, the religious doctrine. We're just going to go through a prophet lineage and where the breakoff happened. Also, there are breakoffs like left and oh, right, yeah. all sorts of places. So we're mostly just talking about the mainstream LDS churches, prophets practicing polygamy, and then the breakoff of where the FLDS happened. There's so many. Starting, again, if, I guess we just start at the beginning. Yep. Joseph Smith 
founded um, at that time in April 6th of 1830, he founded the Church of Christ. And that was the name of the original church right. that has now become the mainstream LDS church. Right. Um, in 1834, it got changed to the Church of Latter-day Saints. And in 1838, he recorded a revelation with the current name, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So right. it was combined. Okay, Joseph Smith practiced polygamy, and the mainstream LDS church has come out in recent years even more with tons of transparency because we've talked to people before and had people on that there's groups that think, okay, he never even practiced polygamy, mm -hmm. or maybe that was something that only Brigham Young started, this and that. But I will say, I don't feel like the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints has anything to gain <laughs> by admitting and openly publishing lots of documents and documentation about Joseph Smith's polygamy. Right, and they have, and it's it's on their website, it's on their in their documentation. So the church official websites are stating that yes, the leaders of the church practice polygamy. They're very open about that now. For a while, I think they tried to be a little bit more quiet about it. Yeah, and trying maybe, to create more distance between themselves and the fundamentalists. And the fundamentalists, yes. And so maybe for that reason, some members don't believe it ever happened. Here's what people need to realize, too. If you're going around claiming that Joseph Smith never practiced polygamy, and therefore that somehow makes him better, but then you are also admitting that Brigham Young, because I think everyone admits that Brigham Young practiced polygamy. Yeah, there's no doubt. How does that make the church any better? Because Joseph, uh, Brigham Young, in everyone's eyes, was the second church, the second prophet of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So how does claiming that Joseph Smith didn't, but Brigham Young did, make the church any better in any way? So I just want to point out that some people claim that Joseph Smith didn't, but they're okay that Brigham Young did, and somehow in their eyes that makes a difference. I don't understand really why. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Um, Joseph Smith had... the guess up to 40 wives, somewhere between 30 and 40 wives, mm -hmm. um, himself being sealed to. Then came Brigham Young. So he was the second president and prophet of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, because at that point that was the new name. And he had 56 sealings, 16 women, 16 wives he had children with. So Brigham Young, when I first was learning about his polygamy, it was very intriguing to me because he had some that he was sealed to for um, time and eternity. He had other wives that were just for time only. Mm -hmm. And then he had um, other wives that he got divorced from. Right. So that could probably be a whole video on its own Brigham of Young's, Brigham Young's yeah. polygamy. Yeah. But um, we just want to state that he did, you know, have at least 16 women that he had children with. So big practicer of polygamy, 56 ceilings. Yeah. He was very, going on. he was very loud about it too, about the importance. And yes, it was a doctrine. By by Brigham Young's words, by Joseph Smith's words, by uh, the following prophets after that, they called it the doctrine of living of, the uh, principles, the principles and doctrines of the of polygamy. So, in case that's a question, yes, and I probably should have taken a step back in the sense that when Joseph Smith was killed in Carthage jail, there were a lot of offshoots. And so um, we had recently reacted to somebody where they kind of misunderstood the different offshoots. So there were, I'll, I'll show a picture of the different offshoots, but the majority of people left with Brigham Young and continued to practice polygamy heading to Utah. Correct. So that was the biggest group of people that continued to practice polygamy. 
people that stayed behind in Illinois, they did not continue the practice of polygamy. So the Reformed Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, the RLDS, they are now known as Community of Christ. Yep. They have about 250,000 members. They never continued to practice polygamy. Um, other groups and offshoots, I'm not exactly sure of, but there were multiple splits. For about six months after Joseph Smith passed away, yep. there were lots of different group, different people trying to claim that they had the authority to be the prophet next. Right. And interestingly, well, we'll start off with the RLDS that now is known as the Community of Christ. It was Joseph Smith's family that, that started that. Uh, Emma Smith and, and Joseph Smith's son. Joseph Smith is the third, right? Yeah, that was the lineage. He was 11 at the time, though, so I believe there was other church leaders that, at from the beginning in. that stood in. But they believed that he was to be the next, that he was to be a prophet. Right? Yes, that was definitely the lineage breakoff. Mm -hmm. The breakoff that meant, yeah, that believed that the prophets were going to be by lineage. But interestingly, Joseph Smith said that he had actually stated that if I were to die, then my brother Hiram Smith would be the next prophet. And then he also said if I were if me and my brother Hiram were to die, then my brother Samuel Harrison, which that's who I'm named after, after. yeah, Joseph Smith's brother, that's who I'm named after, he would be the prophet. And so in Carthage jail, Joseph Smith was murdered and his brother Hiram were both murdered in jail by some angry man that, that Mom, broke down yeah. the doors and, and, and killed them there. And shortly after, Sam, Samuel Harrison Smith was in some mysterious way ended up dying. Yeah, he almost, died mysteriously right, like a month later. Almost right after. And my, <laughs> I was sort of joking, but I thought, oh wow, did someone poison him? Like maybe Brigham Young. And I didn't know this when I joked about that, but apparently there were theories that Brigham Young had poisoned him. So I don't, that is not factual. That is not factual at all, but I just found it odd and interesting that there were some theories about that. Yeah, Joseph Smith's final remaining brother, William Smith, mm -hmm. said that he believed that Samuel Harrison was poisoned in some way because there was these claims to the who opposite of the church. would be the next prophet? Anyway, but that's off topic. Those who followed Brigham Young to Utah were those who practiced polygamy. Mm -hmm. So they followed him to Utah. He's obviously polygamous. Next in line came John Taylor. He was the third prophet of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, mm -hmm. and he had eight wives. Yeah, and John Taylor, uh, just to kind of point out here as well, the FLDS Church believed 100% Joseph Smith was the prophet, the first prophet of the church. They believed 100% that Brigham Young was the second prophet of the church, and they believed 100% that John Taylor was the third prophet of the church. So FLDS, up to this point, we're on the same page. On the same page. We're all here in Utah. Both churches are the same. It's all the same right now at this point. Yep. And then came Wilford Woodruff. Bum, bum, bum. That's a big name. A big name when it comes to polygamy because yeah. Wilford Woodruff himself was polygamous. Yes. He had um, 10 wives, although I know some had passed away at certain points, but he was sealed to 10 women mm -hmm. and definitely lived the, the doctrine. But... He's the one who signed in 1890 the first manifesto. And we say first because we'll get into where a second one came in. Right. But it's the most famous manifesto. Yes. It's the, the one that Wilford Woodruff signed, basically stating, or more of a denying, and it even starts off with, the manifesto starts off with the phrase, to whom it may concern, which it doesn't... And then you read through it, it doesn't really sound like a, a hardcore statement of this is where we stand as a church. It was almost more of a denial. 
Like, to whom it may concern, government official people over there, we aren't doing the polygamy thing, right? That's kind of what it seemed Because like. they knew that they couldn't become a state. Uh, Utah yep. would not be able to become from a territory to a state um, while practicing polygamy. And they knew that was the thing. And so he had written this manifesto mm -hmm. to government officials saying, none of the polygamy that's happening right now is under my watch. And I encourage all members to abide by the laws of the land. Right. And that is what I practice and what I preach and what the church preaches. But he obviously had or was sealed and had multiple wives at one time. And now this is kind of where it gets uh, interesting because the FLDS church now does not believe that Wilford Woodruff was a true prophet of God. And the reason for that is because he admitted that polygamy or he signed the manifesto that admitted that polygamy wasn't or was no longer important. Now the interesting thing though is he still practiced polygamy even after signing that manifesto and a lot of people within the church were still being married polygamists. Like were, men were marrying more than one wife still after that. And Wilford Woodruff actually traveled down to southern Utah where some of the saints were that later became the FLDS and most of the people there were practicing polygamy and he actually praised them and told them that yes this is a calling of God and you need to continue on with this commandment and this doctrine of polygamy. So just so you know the FLDS church did stand behind Wilford Woodruff for quite some time. Yeah which is interesting because I'd say that's where like the history that I grew up learning about the church mm -hmm. and the history you grew up there's definitely a disconnect there because in my years of seminary and in church and Sunday school it was very much like Wilford Woodruff signed the manifesto, polygamy was then over in Done. 1890, yeah. before the 1900s even started. And that's always how I viewed it, whereas you were taught about Wilford Woodruff coming and yeah. giving praise to polygamists, and I never heard that. And even, I mean, I know I'm just maybe jumping ahead, uh, but if you would allow, even the next prophet, Lorenzo Snow. Yeah, Lorenzo he, Snow is polygamist. Was, he had nine wives. There you go. Lorenzo Snow also visited those of the F, that then later became the FLDS. And once again was encouraging and talking about the commandment and the importance of this celestial law known as plural marriage. Yeah, which is interesting. So Lorenzo Snow is still practicing polygamy. And again, I feel like growing up in the mainstream LDS church, I did not understand that like after Wilford Woodruff, our prophets were still practicing polygamy. Mm -hmm. And it's not so Wilford Woodruff, Lorenzo Snow practicing polygamy. Then Joseph S. Smith, he became mm -hmm. the prophet in 1901. And Joseph F. Smith had five wives and 48 children. Now, I will, I do want to point out that all of these prophets that had multiple wives post-manifesto, um, the wives were already married to them, right? So there is going to be a certain amount of overlap. Like just saying we're no longer going to be doing marriages, they're not disbanding all the previous right. marriages and getting rid of them. So those who are married before the manifesto, obviously were continuing to live their plural lives, continuing on with that. So all of these, they weren't marrying their, all these other prophets after the manifesto weren't marrying new wives after the manifesto. They're just keeping their, that their we know families. Of, that we know of. We know that there were some marriages that were happening. By the apostles. In secret or in different, in, in with, I don't know, other members of the church. We don't know who exactly. So that we know of, the prophets didn't marry again after the first manifesto was signed. Yeah, and from my research, it looked like there were some in the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles that did, okay. that did and definitely other members of the church, which is why Joseph F. Smith 
he is the one who came out with the second manifesto. Yes, and so Joseph F. Smith is the one that the FLDS church now looks at as this horrible person <laughs> that basically just came down and said, no, polygamy, we're not doing it anymore, we're done. No one is uh, allowed to have more than one wife. And he, he was the one that made the blanket statement that it's over. The church will excommunicate anyone that practices it. That's what I was going to say. The excommunication was huge. So he did the second manifesto in 1904. It was a much more clear statement. It was, we're not doing this anymore. We, so much so that we are willing to kick out members for practicing it. Mm -hmm. Okay, in 1904. Now, interestingly enough, you know, the first manifesto happened as the state was trying to become a state. Mm -hmm. And so Wilfer Woodruff said that. Now, in that time, there was a man named... 1905, right? In 1904 is when the second manifesto okay. happened. And it was during the Reed Smoot hearings. So the senator for Utah... Reed Smoot was trying to become a senator for Utah. And he was LDS. And he was LDS. And the government was saying, no, you guys still practice polygamy. We know that you believe in polygamy, all this stuff. Um, we're not going to let you become a senator. And that's when this 1904 Second Manifesto came out where Joseph Smith said, no, we are not. And not only are we not practicing it or we're not going to be doing it in hiding, we're going to state that we're now going to excommunicate members if they go into plural marriage from right. this point forward and there won't be any more. So it's much more of a strict... And that is where that is where the FLDS officially became the FLDS. Before... Before Joseph F. Smith, through uh, Wilford Woodruff and, and Lorenzo Snow, there were some people that later belonged to the FLDS church that didn't agree with them. There was already some people saying, this is, to, to, to publicly say that you don't practice or that you shouldn't practice polygamy is just not okay because it's a, it's a commandment from God. We're going to stand behind that. So there were already people disagreeing with them. But then when Joseph F. Smith came out and said, Anyone that practices the law of polygamy will be excommunicated. That's where the FLDS officially said, okay, we're done. We're out of here. And they, they kind of took over the Shore Creek area. Some of them remained in the Salt Lake area, but they became a new church. Yeah, and just to point out, Joseph F. Smith, um, we have a quote from him as well. In 1897, so post-First Manifesto, but before he become, became the prophet, he had sent in a letter, The doctrine is not repealed, the truth is not annulled, the law is right and just now as ever, but the observance of it is stopped. Mm -hmm. So we've had people who've asked questions or we've seen people talk before where they say, Oh, it wasn't a doctrine, it was just a policy. It was just something that we did, but it wasn't a doctrine. And he very clearly, he's like, the doctrine is not repealed. Like the doctrine of it has not gone away, the practice of it has gone away after even after the first manifesto. Right. Um, so just to kind of clarify that as far as, you know, some people have differing opinions on that. But like Sam said, the early prophets all made it very clear it was doctrine. Even Joseph Smith, who signed the second manifesto, manifesto and who was saying this after the first one, mm -hmm. was saying the doctrine does not change. Right. We're just changing whether or not we're... We're so um, say, practicing at this time, it. At this time, we're commanded to no longer live it, but it's still a doctrine in the heavens. And, and that still goes on today within the church, uh, the, the mainstream LDS church, that polygamy is, 
is most likely going to be practiced in the next life. That's still, that still very much stands. From, I guess we'll just quickly finish up the mainstream LDS church side. And then we'll go to the FLDS. And then we'll go what happened to the FLDS and the prophet lineage uh, down that end. But, so yes. I just wanted to point out a couple things because I thought it was interesting to me because again, I grew up with what I would have considered a lot of church knowledge. And I always think of Wilford Woodruff and a polygamy. Mm. But Joseph Smith had five wives. Heber J. Grant was the next prophet of the church from 1918 to 1945. He had three wives. And then it wasn't until George Albert Smith became the prophet in 1945. He was the first prophet to not have multiple wives, which I thought was interesting. I mean, we're talking in the fort, like we're clear into the forties here now before a leader of the church wasn't practicing polygamy. So again, it's so easy to think, Oh, we stopped that in 1890 and that was the end of it. But really, it was a huge part of our church culture, so much that our governing head as prophet, seer, revelator, all the way until the 40s, was yeah. practicing polygamy. I mean, in, to be fair, in uh, 1904, that put an end to the Second Manifesto, put an end to marriages. New marriages. New marriages. So these prophets and, and uh, members and leaders of the church that had wives, like, um, who was the last one? George Albert Smith had one wife. George Albert Smith had one. So Heber J. Grant was the last one that was polygamous. Mm-hmm. So Heber J. Grant had married these wives before the second manifesto. So yeah, even was, before the first. Even before the first. So, so okay. So, yeah. So that's just to be fair and to point out that they weren't continuing on marrying multiple women, the, the leaders of the church anyway, uh, even way back then. Oh, for sure. But... I guess I'm just saying that polygamy was still doctrinal enough Mm -hmm. and very much a part of church culture. If your prophet is still practicing polygamy, even though there's not new polygamous families being formed, it still shows that it was very much accepted and that it was very much doctrinal as a part of the church clear into the 1900s, not this idea of like it just disappeared in 1890 and it was never seen again, right? So... I think just sometimes it's easy for us to try to have that disconnect. Like we're so, we're so separated. Those people are so far away from us and all those polygamists, they're nothing like us. And yeah, we don't have anything to do with them. But even our own prophets from the Elias church were polygamists until the forties, you know, and, and probably beyond at that point, I'm sure there were still polygamous families married that were still mainstream Elias church at that point. So it did go far into the 1900s, even if it was, not post-manifesto. Right. So that kind of puts an end to polygamy in the mainstream LDS church. From there, of course, after Wilford Woodruff, because when the FLDS church officially became the fundamentalist Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and became their own church, they went back and said, well, Wilford Woodruff said that polygamy was not okay anymore, so therefore Wilford Woodruff is not a prophet. He is fallen. He is not a true prophet. So the FLDS believe that their lineage of prophets is Joseph Smith, Brigham Young, John Taylor, and then instead of Wilford Woodruff, John Woolley. That is the, John Woolley is the first breakoff prophet from the mainstream LDS church. And he had very high callings within the LDS, oh, the yeah. mainstream LDS church. He yeah. did temple ordinances. He was a patriarch. Yeah. Stake president, I believe. Yeah, all mm-hmm. sorts of bishop. He had all sorts of high callings within the church. But after the second manifesto, in 1904, there were a lot of men who were like, okay, after the first one, we can kind of just be like, yeah, whatever. This second one, you're saying you're going to excommunicate us, but we're living God's laws. Right. And so Wooly was actually 
excommunicated in 1914 from the mainstream LDS church for not being willing to adhere to the stopping of polygamy. Right. And I believe that's when him and uh, several, several other brethren that disagreed with the end of polygamy and that thought that it wasn't called of God, my grandfather being one of those, Charles Zitting, were a big part of gathering people up, true believers in the law of polygamy, and at that point, I, I know of multiple stories where even my grandfather would go and he would talk to people that were members of the mainstream LDS church, but weren't really that interested in the direction they were going, and almost in a way converting and bringing people to the FLDS side. And that was kind of the beginning of the FLDS church growth, and I don't know that it officially became a church at that point yet, but that's kind of where it took a turn. Yeah, the Fundamentalist Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints was formed in 1929, yeah. I believe, but I think it's, um, we sometimes hear from like the AUB, the Allroot group, that mm -hmm. they kind of were canoodling as well with Wooly and your grandfather, right. and they were kind of in this group of men, so while they went their own direction, there was this massive shift in like okay, after the second manifesto, people kind of had to decide where their line was, like we're either gonna continue polygamy or not. Right. And then there were the multiple branches. Right, and so and those were the three main ones, the FLDS church, the Kingston group, and the All Red group. Those were the two main three breakoffs after the church said we're no longer practicing polygamy. And yeah. so, but yeah, so then it was John Woolley from the FLDS side that became the first prophet for the FLDS. And then after him was his son, Lauren Woolley. And obviously all of them practice polygamy, mm -hmm. right? There's no yeah. question there. They still continue <laughs> to teach the law. It doesn't it shock you like very... it does for me where I'm like, Joseph Smith practiced polygamy. Yeah. So Lauren Woolley, after Lauren Woolley was John Y. Barlow. He became the next prophet. And then Leroy Johnson, which looking back and talking with people, Leroy Johnson is that one prophet of the FLDS church that I don't think anyone has anything bad to say about. Seems that, like everybody loved him. That I have heard anyway. I'm sure there's someone out there that maybe will comment, but that I have heard everyone that was, that was alive during his time as prophet just absolutely loved him. So that was, that was Leroy Johnson. And we called him Uncle Roy, by the way. For whatever reason, all of the prophets of the FLDS church, we called them Uncle and, and, and other leaders, too, like Uncle Roy. And then um, after that was Uncle Rulin, Rulin Jeffs. And then Uncle Warren, Warren Jeffs. And even some of the other leaders, like Uncle Fred. He was the bishop of the uh, Colorado City area. Maybe and it's because you all are pretty closely related. <laughs> maybe maybe, maybe they really are most people's <laughs> uncle. Just saying. Just throwing that one out there. Anyway, so that's just interesting. I, I hadn't really thought much about it because that just, oh, yeah, Uncle Warren. You know, we didn't, we didn't call him... I guess, what would you, like President Warren or something like that, like the mainstream LDS church would call the prophet President Nelson. We didn't call him president, it was uncle. Hmm. So, for whatever reason. But, but anyway, and then Warren Jeffs, and that is who is currently the prophet of the FLDS church today. Though he is behind bars, he still remains the prophet of the church. Yeah. So there's a little bit of fun facts about the lineage. Oh, other fun fact that I just have to sneak in here, just to show again how closely tied and related we are with the FLDS. The mainstream LDS and the FLDS. I always call them cousins. I feel like that's pretty good representation. But John Woolley, the first prophet 
of the FLDS church mm -hmm. was actually the uncle of Spencer W. Kimball, who later became a prophet in the mainstream LDS church yes. as well. So he was his uncle. He was his uncle. Uh, also, fun fact, uh, John Woolley received his patriarchal blessing by Joseph Smith's father, Joseph Smith Sr. Yeah, when he was eight. When he was, was eight. Was he eight or 11? He was little. I don't remember his age, but just very close ties to the church. And, you know, in the end, John Woolley became the prophet because he had a cooler beard. And some people <laughs> thought he was Santa Claus. So, no, that's not facts. But he did have a cool beard. Check it out. <laughs> anyway, some fun facts and some interesting things about the two churches being so close, growing up together. I know that my, my grandfather... Though he was a big part of starting the FLDS church, he had a lot of really close ties. And he was raised mainstream LDS. Mm -hmm. He was raised in the church. And he had a, a lot of really close ties to leaders of the church. Even my father today is, has a lot of high respect for a lot of the men in the mainstream LDS church. Though they don't believe that the LDS church went the right direction, they have a lot of high respect for some of the men. So it's interesting and uh, I know that some LDS people also have high respect for some of the FLDS people. And so it's not always this battle between those people or these crazy people we don't associate with. A lot of modern day members do come across that way, but it hasn't always been that way. I think mostly for the mainstream LDS, they've it's been an even harder like cut or trying to cut off those ties when Warren became prophet and the things that he did came out, right? It was this idea of now Warren Jeffs is the face of polygamy. He's on the FBI's top 10 most wanted for what's yeah. happening. So when he became the face of polygamy, the rest of us wanted to be like, no, he's super far away from us. Don't and that's not how our yeah. church practiced polygamy. Yep. And he has nothing to do with us. Da, 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 da because of his crimes, right, right? right? I think before Warren, um, and even growing up in St. George, you know, 45 minutes outside of Short Creek, I kind of grew up with this idea that they were just our cousins. Like, uh -huh. oh, they're cousins. And then when things came out about Warren Jeffs is when I feel like the separation so Warren, wanted to be happening. Warren destroyed a lot of things. Including, I'd say, the relationships between... Well, the image of the FLDS was never really looked up to or looked at as, as a great religion because ultimately they were breaking the law by practicing polygamy. Mm -hmm. But I think that there was a lot more respect towards them until Warren Jeffs came around and, uh, yeah, makes me sick. But yeah. that was, uh, you're right. I think, I think that before Warren, things were very different. Yeah. If you want to hear more about what it was like for Sam to grow up in polygamy, please like and subscribe. If you want to hear more answers to questions about this prophet lineage or anything to do specifically with Mormonism or the FLDS, then please leave those in the comments below. We love answering people's questions. Yes. And if we don't get to your comments, we apologize. We do try to see them the, as quickly as we can, but uh, they come in quickly sometimes. But thank you all so much for your patience. And we look forward to talking with you soon. Talk to y'all soon.